I like blew the, wow, it's it's so loud. Like what's happening? I think I need to adjust something because I like blew out the microphone on the last recording. I don't know if you could hear it. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, do you have a review of Hocus Pocus 2 to share? Um, it's not a classic. Oh, um, no. It's very forgettable. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, maybe I have to be seven to appreciate it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just, um, that's, <coughs> that sucks. I, I had high hopes. And I was trying to remember what made the first movie like so watchable mm-hmm. like, over and over and over again. And I'm like, maybe it's just I'm not seven anymore. Um, or 10 or whatever it was when it came out. I guess we were 10. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like the plot's like meh. The witches aren't as, like, amazing as I remember. So, like, them being back was, like, meh. Damn. That's there's so no, upsetting. Like, love, there's, no, there's no love story to get excited about. So, meh. There's a love story in the first one? I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen it Sort yet. of. Like, the male protagonist, like, um, what is the boy's name? I forget the boy's name. But in the first one, like, the, a teenage boy, like, basically, like, chasing after this, like, popular girl the whole movie. Oh, okay. Does he then realize that it's his female best friend who's like, you know, not so oh, no. popular? That's his true match? No, there's, there's no match. some kind of wonderful, there's no <laughs> some kind of wonderful moment. Or every other movie kind of moment, yeah. Yeah, no. Does he get the girl? What happens? I think so, yeah. I think he, yeah. Okay. That's such a shame because, you know, so many icons. And also, I didn't know this, but they added, um, what's her face from, I still haven't watched Ted Lasso, but I know you love Ted Lasso. Oh, uh, yeah, Hannah she's Waddingham. In it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Yeah, <sighs> she's gorgeous. <sighs> and she's very tall, right? She's just like everything. Like, I try not to think about her often because it's like. Because <laughs> you feel too gay. Yeah, it's like, I can't, yeah. it's like I can't come back from that. So. It's relatable. I see a lot of that on Tumblr. Everybody's just like, please stomp on me. Please, like, you know, yeah. carry carry me off into the sunset, essentially. It's, like, really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, that's Like, I literally a don't think about it. Like, I literally, I should explore that. Like, I have a strong reaction, and then I, like, intentionally push it out of my mind. It's like, mm, better not think about that. Yeah. Better not think about the ham. The wadding ham. Yeah. Am I She's pronouncing an incredible it? singer, so there's been lots of really on Ted Lasso for her to like oh. stretch like flex her vocals. I hear she's incredibly funny. Like she's an incredibly funny performer. That's what she's word on the street is. Sexy. I mean she is. I've seen photos and I saw footage of her from Hocus Pocus. Even in the witch oh, garb, I was like okay. You're so sexy. Uh, that really sucks. I actually, I just watched something. Well, actually, I've been, I, I've been watching a lot of things. Um, I did go to see Bros opening I weekend. Heard. Oh my gosh, oh. Billy Eichner's like having a conniption fit about the first weekend sales. Oh, have they been really good? I'm no, assuming. No, they, oh, they, no, they, they were not. And then he went, Ooh. he went on a rant. And oh, he was did like, he? he's like, it. Failed the box office because the streets wouldn't go see it. It's like, actually, bro, take it down. <laughs> no. 
Oh, actually, no one's really going to no the theater anymore. No one goes anymore, to the movies so, like, anymore. Like, yeah. yeah, I was I shocked that my theater was packed. I was like, how is yeah. this happening? It was very queer, though. The whole audience was Well, then they should, out, they should also pull the numbers from, like, San Francisco, New York. And, like, no. you know, like, that's probably more, more representative of, like, the fan base that he was trying to attract, like, actually going to see it. You know, he seemed really, even in the marketing, if you look at, like, a lot of the marketing, a lot of the interviews he did, he was so focused on getting straight people to see it. I, I guess, I guess it's because like, he was, it's not a he good... He wants it to go maze. He, want, he, yeah. he really wanted their approval. But it's, like, right. so icky, like, seeing it, like, seeing him in this moment of spiral. Because it's like, don't. Yeah. Like, 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 the beauty of Fire Island is that it wasn't trying to, like, no. what, play to anyone. It was just like, no. let's just be amazing. And then it was. No. And I mean, granted, I, I there's there's obviously, like, a difference between he was, well, I'm not just going to say him, because there were more decision makers than him, like, in the, on the film, I'm sure, because it was, like, a big studio film as opposed to Fire Island, which was, like, tiny indie. But, like their decision to make it exclusively in theaters, like, obviously, like, like we are living in a very different time. Like, we were even before the pandemic in terms of, like, theater going. And post-pandemic, it's, like, like, it's it's dying. Like, it's, it's, it's totally dying. And it, I hate to say this because I love movie theaters, um, but I think for, throughout most of the country, it will be dead. You know, yeah. yeah. Once, a, once certain generations die off, yeah. That's I. I hadn't really been following up on that, and it's it's that is really sad because, like I said, I was in a totally packed theater, and it was mostly queer people, and it was, and the movie is a love letter to queer people. You know what I mean? So, like, it's he works at, um, like, at the very beginning of the film, he's he's doing a podcast. That's his thing, and. He um, he gets headhunted, I suppose, to uh, be the director of uh, an LGBTQ plus museum in New York. Um, he's in New York because he's he's a very New Yorky person. Like if it weren't set in New York, I would be like, "What, Billy Agner? What are you doing? Like, please don't do that." Um, but uh, so that's that's really like it's kind of this foundation throughout the film, and there are all these really beautiful moments like that acknowledge history and erased history and. There was this really brief, unexpectedly touching moment where it was just this montage of like queers throughout history who have not been acknowledged. And I was like a mess. But it it made me feel like really proud to be queer. Really. It was it was very I'm just like, why? I don't know why. (laughs) Like you said, it's it's just why are you I mean, for numbers, obviously, um, he wants, he wanted more straight people to see it. He was, pro- I think maybe he was sort of like, all right, the queer people are going to go see it, you know, because queer people see all queer shit. Like, I, I know yeah. that's a sweeping generalization, but it's kind of true. You know, we were starving for content for so long that now we're all just like, ah, give me all the queer content. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was very weird to me in all those interviews that he was very, like, like that was the message underlying everything. It was also interesting. So I think I think you've been to New York since this happened. But like most of the train stations now have um, instead of like the print billboards, they have like the video ads where it's it's like a video screen that like, 
Yeah, it's pretty fancy. And they, they even have them in like Mayanda South Brooklyn, like in the outdoor, the outdoor train stations, like, you know, above ground. And it's not most of the time, it's not like a video ad. It's just like, you know, like it'll flash, I suppose, like maybe even like a GIF or something like something slightly animated, but like no sound. And it was so wild to just like be at the King's Highway train station and seeing like the poster for bros like on the screen, which is like two man's asses and like their hands on each other's asses. You know, I was just like, man, it's just made me feel old. Definitely. (laughs) I was like, oh, how much the world has changed. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I've been been through a lot of years on this planet so far. Anyway, but the, the movie, I thought the movie was was delightful. It was really funny, like laughing out loud the whole fucking time. It was great. Luke McFarlane, who I was not familiar with. And apparently so this is literally my first time seeing him. And he, you know, he looks like very generically attractive man, um, you know, kind of like a G.I. Joey type. Um, And apparently he's built his career playing like the straight love interest in Hallmark movies. Oh, he's a Hallmark fan. Yes. And this is maybe his second queer role. Um, and he's queer in real life. Um, but I think he was, I don't know if he was closeted, but he, he wasn't out basically publicly until the last, until maybe this film actually. But he was, he was wonderful. Like he was really, really good. And there was a whole sequence in P-Town, which I didn't even know was, was gonna be in it. And they shot it in P-Town and I was just like, oh my God, I was I read about that. They took like a lover's trip. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a moment. Uh, uh, Harvey Firestein is briefly in it, and he like my husband. Owns, I love him. You know, I love him. He's he's my husband too. Have you? Oh my god! Did I tell you about his memoir? No. It's so fucking good. You have to listen to the audiobook version because it's him, obviously. But um, it's so good because he um he came up in New York in like the seventies, so it's like seventies New York. It's like seventies queer history. Um. It's like 70s experimental theater history. It's so interesting. Um, and it's him. So it's just like fucking hilarious and delightful and, you know, charming and all that shit. And he, ch- he tells stories about his whole career and his personal life. And it's just it's so interesting. Oh, my God. He's yeah. literally our parents age. Yeah, I know. It's bonkers. <laughs> It's bonkers. He's born in Brooklyn. That's right. He born that's the other Bensonhurst. thing. That's the other thing. He talks about like growing up in Bensonhurst. He talks about like just everything. It's it's yeah. That that part especially was like, oh my fucking God. Because he's our parents' contemporaries. Yeah. It's so wild. I also just watched uh so this is something I didn't even know about, but for the Emmys. Um, I finally watched Lizzo's reality series where she auditions the dancers. Which, like, right up my alley, like, right up your alley, of course. Like, we love dancing. We we secretly pine to be... We do. To be dancers. To be pop star dancers. It was great. I really liked it. Have you watched it? Never, I've never seen it. Didn't know it existed. It's I've on been Prime. Following, um, I've only been following the Lizzo-James Madison controversy, because she, like played his flute and all the racists. Oh, yeah. I thought for some reason you said James Madison. And in my head, I heard James Marston. Oh, and I was there together. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought (laughs) where I thought you were going. I was getting excited. But yeah, I've seen all of that. 
which is yeah. fucking ludicrous. She's like this incredibly skilled, classically trained flautist. Is that it? That That's what you call a flute player, right? <laughs> you went to Wellesley. Okay. I know. <laughs> I am. Not, I was just going to say I am not cultured. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't know. Flautist, right? Sure. Right. <laughs> wow. But yeah, her sh- that show was really good. Um, I mean, it hits all the notes that like reality competition shows need to hit. But also it felt way more because it's Lizzo. It felt like way more nurturing. And she was genuinely nurturing everybody who came through. It wasn't like she was looking to eliminate people. It was more like you're all in in the beginning. But if an issue comes up, then we're going to try to address it. We're going to try to give you feedback if you can't take the feedback well enough, like then it's then we're going to not eliminate you, but basically just, you know, not bring you on tour or whatever. Um, yeah. So it was, it was really good. I've been watching the Dahmer. Oh, series. with um, Evan Peters, right? Yeah. I started he watching creeps it me yesterday. Out. That was a poor choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like I saw all the like back but and you've forth stuck on with social it. media. No, I didn't stick with it. Oh, okay. I, I'm on episode three. I'm deciding if I should just abandon it. Um, I don't know what I. I mean, I do. It's like one of the things where it's like, okay, Mia, like, you know why you're watching it because everyone's talking about it. It's about a fucking cannibalistic serial killer. Um, but you know, I think once I was seeing in the news like the um perspectives of like his former or the victim's families and like yeah that like like although they felt exploited or felt like it was re-traumatizing them like that almost like piqued my interest more because i was like oh like what like like what's in there and then (laughs) i totally blank i didn't realize all the racialized elements oh i don't know much about him at all what what are the racialized elements okay so he's queer and that's the, right. The, I knew that. The white, I presume, the white male queer lobby was like, we don't want to be represented this way. So they made Netflix remove the LGBTQ tag from the show, even though he's like very gay. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's like, we can't have a gay serial killer. So. And his victims were male, correct? His, his victims were black men. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And so wow. I'm like, like all so black like, men. Like, like predominantly black and brown. Yeah. That's wow. Is there, I mean, I'm sure they do at some point. Do they explore like why in his psychological history that is? Um, well, I'm only on episode three and there's some like, uh, flashbacks to childhood, but I don't know enough to like share. Like you haven't spoiled yourself. (laughs) I mean, I've read, it's just, honestly, it's too much. It's like, it's hard to read it. It's hard to watch it. Yeah. It's like, I don't, like, there's a scene or one of the early oh, episodes God. where he's, like, trying to get off, like, watching regular porn, and it's, like, not working, but somebody starts, like, visualizing, like, di- like dissecting, like, human bodies, uh. like, <laughs> like, like it, it works, and he, like, it, he, like, finishes, Ugh. and and he's, like, and, you, and you, there's, like, he, there's, like, a visualization of him, like, squeezing, like, flesh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not great. Like, like I, said, like I said, so I have a morbid, literally morbid curiosity <laughs> and like want to finish it. 
and I don't want to watch it by myself, and Joe won't watch it with me, and <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm, like, stuck. I'm, like, how do I move forward? His daughter, like, started watching it before I did and, like, couldn't get through oh, it either. No. Oh, wow. It keeps popping up for me, and I'm just, like, nope. Yeah, but, like, it's so crazy how, like, all I, you know, he got captured when we were in elementary school. Didn't know that. Which I, which I like, I don't, don't I really don't... remember. Because we were, like, eight or nine or whatever. Um, then he was killed in prison when we were in either upper elementary or middle school. It was, like, 94 sometime that year. So either fifth grade or fall of sixth grade. Shout out to where, his murderers. Where he was, like, killed in prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big and, shout out to his murderers. Um, and all I, you know, Dahmer to me... It, like the language, like the word Dahmer is just like, oh, Dahmer. It's just a punchline. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just like, it's just like, it's a, like oh, a cultural, like, like, it's like a cultural reference to a serial yes, killer. Like a serial right. killer is a Dahmer. Like, right. It's not even was, a person anymore. It's but like I missed a verb. all of the like homoeroticism in his killing. I missed all of the like racialized, like victim, you know, like, tr- like stuff there, like where he like, yeah. had a pro- you know, it's just like, I missed, like, I, that went over my head. And honestly, even to my mom, like I was, I was mentioning her. I was like, "You don't remember any of that?" And she's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I mean, you know what's fucked up? There was probably like seventies, eighties. Like there was probably too much fucking murder happening to keep track of it all. Like quite so frankly, that was Sam. like the height of that was the height of like serial killers. That yeah. was like big serial killer. The serial killers were thriving at that time. So true. So yeah, true. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. There was Summer Sam. There was the Zodiac Killer. Yes. There was yes. There was a lot going on. There were a lot on. that I, I cannot even name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have an aversion to those stories. And I have to be honest, like, I have an aversion to how popular those stories and true crime are. Um, yeah. Because it's it's like you said, I, I start to think about, like, these victims were people and they had families. And now... Their horrific deaths are being used commercially, to, commercially as like a yeah. fetishization of, of serial yeah. killers' minds. Yeah, it would only, it's the like, only way to redeem that is like if 100% of the proceeds are like donated to the victim's families or exactly. like something where you, there's no profit seeking right. motive. Otherwise, it's like, ew, what are we doing? Anyway, so the victim's families are like livid about this like retelling. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. And then, honestly, like, I'm worried about Evan Peters. I'm like, bro, Same. like, 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 are you okay? Because, like, the process you must have gone through to, like, channel, I'm going to act like a serial killer, not in a film format, in a TV series format, 10 episodes <laughs> of just it's being in Dahmer's time. mind. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, right. Yeah. No. no. And he's literally good. Like, he's. I'm sure psychotic. he is. He's great. He's literally psychotic. Like, I feel bad if he's partnered because, like, you should leave him. Like, he's, like, seriously entertained what it's like to be a serial killer. You should walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I'm just, maybe I'm just getting old or maybe I'm, I'm just not meant to be an actor. But, like, shit like, because shit like that, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not interested in going there. Like, I'm really not. That's, no, it's so dark. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, Evan got the script and he was like, I want to explore this. Right. I want I want to I want to challenge myself here. It's like really? Right. Really? Ugh. Especially yeah. cuz I liked him so much in Mayor of Easttown. 
And now I'm like, oh, you're in pose. You know, I like him in pose, even though I know like a, a villain in pose. But like, oh, he's and he's from St. Louis. I also love him. Oh, I didn't know St. that. Louis. I didn't know that either until this moment. But I, that's why I love him. I feel like there's something about his face, though. I feel like he's he's often now cast as um, like at least unhinged people. He looks unhinged. I he mean, looks eyes. very unhinged. Yes, his eyes it, are it, too it, it, much. His eyes, like there's, yeah. He has like, like he can give really good vacant expression. Yes, exactly. Dead eyes. Dead eyes. He gives very. He gives soulless. He's giving soulless. Yeah, he's giving soulless. <laughs> He's, not, he's definitely a contemporary. I mean, he's like 35. I know. Like. It's very creepy. It's very interesting. He got, he, he was in a domestic. That's who he was with. He, okay. Emma Roberts has been in several relationships that have involved domestic violence, which is like a separate topic for another day. Ooh. But like when he was dating Emma Roberts, they like got in a physical fight mm. in Canada and they arrested him. Wow. Oh, they arrested Roberts. I'm sorry. They arrested oh. Roberts. Oh, okay. And then, and then he declined to press charges. Wow. That's what I'm saying. You can tell he's a little psychotic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's the kind of guy that you wind up like fighting physically in a relationship. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not good. I've been there. It's not good. I was just gonna say you you have been there, and I remember that incident as though it were my own. <laughs> because it was so vivid and so vividly told because i almost killed someone to though. me yes yes <laughs> and i was like relatable and then i was like oh god i know i felt seen because you were like yeah that's normal that's right <laughs> i was like no i because i really i really relate to lo- wronged rage you know what i mean yeah oh my god i really relate to i that. didn't even I mean, I guess, I'm, you know, as I'm sitting here being like, oh, Evan Peters, he's crazy. He went there. Yeah. But like in my own life, like I have been at that level of anger where. And like, you felt just. Yeah. Where I was right. like physically harming this person is <laughs> on the table. It's, it's on the table. It's a reasonable response. Like, um, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I feel like I'm, I'm like, I feel like I pride myself on being nonviolent, like. Mm. I don't I don't have violent thoughts I don't have violent tendency like I don't mm-hmm. express like partially because my mouth is so effective like I don't like yeah your I mouth is feel, violent your but, mouth yeah, is yeah, violent exactly <laughs> I'm violent with my words so I don't feel the need to really like use my body um that way um but there was a time there was one time <laughs> yeah I feel impulses I mean I think the the way that everybody feels impulses but i i think that's because i'm and i've been increasingly i've increasingly become like more repressed anger wise as i've gotten older um so i need to i need to release it i was working with um can i tell you this i i was working with a career coach recently who i adored uh we worked together for three months and uh it was specifically an acting career coach but it was not really you know specialized in that way like she became much more of a therapist (laughs) during that time um and she was while we were on a call she had me like physicalize my anger and it was really intense um but really helpful and I what do you I, mean physicalize your anger? She she was basically like, um, find something like physical to do. Um, I mean it was specifically I was I was mad at a person, like and she was basically like, 
physical and she was like you know and she was giving me suggestions she was like you know you, you can shake as though you're like shaking the person or something oh wow um and then she was encouraging me to vocalize it and just be like no filter like keep it simple like don't try to like intellectualize it or you know put logic to it just like whatever you feel whatever it is like underneath it all like what do you feel like what do you feel towards this person and I like it was a lot um but it was so helpful um wow yeah and I actually I pulled it out uh recently when I was feeling a lot of rage towards someone I like excused myself and like went to the other room and was like punching the air it was like really oh wow (laughs) it was a lot yeah yeah but it was it was it was very intense so yeah i i relate to like feelings like that i i don't i would never i don't think i would ever act on impulses like that but i relate like i relate to this (laughs) i always think about the old chris rock bit when he talks about oj and he keeps saying i'm not saying you should have killed her but i understand (laughs) so funny wow we went we went unexpectedly dark in our, in our little culture we're gonna, lighten it, we're gonna lighten it up in just a minute could we liven this up a little bit could we lighten this exactly. up a little bit exactly. uh what are we doing today what are we talking about we are starting a multi-episode trilogy exploration <laughs> of the devon sawa of it all Woo-hoo-hoo! Um, first entry in this category, Little Giants. (laughs) Little Giants, which is really when Devin said, well, no, Casper preceded Little Giants, right? They're both, oh, no, 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 Little Giants came first because Casper was Little Giants came, see, yeah, I thought that, which is interesting because he's basically like, mm, eh, not not like a second lead in Little Giants, but he's a really big character in Little Giants. And then in Casper, he's literally, he literally has like one line. At the end. The most important line. The most it's important like, line. It's, it's like he's not there, and then he's there, and it's like, oh my god! Okay, okay. And that's kind <laughs> of why they're Honestly, some of the most powerful, like, <laughs> shortest, like, screen time, highest impact performance. No, truly, truly. That's all any of us remember from that film. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, and that's yeah, all any, yeah. any of us should remember of that film, let's be honest. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, I know. What's crazy shame. is that he was, like, 16 when he filmed Little Giants. Like, that's the thing. I know. And I, everybody I know. else in okay, it is, like, 10. I don't know if he was... Well, when they filmed, I don't know. Because it, it could have been filmed in, like, 93 or 92 or whatever. That's but true. It came yes. out in 94. Yeah. When he was already 16. I just want to, like... Right. Up. Right. And, well, I always think of the um, the iconic line from the movie, which is uh, Icebox's cousin, Debbie, when she says, I'm so jealous of you being in the huddle with Junior Floyd. I mean, even the 12-year-old girls think he's a fox. I know. And I was like, what are you, like 13? Like, give me a break. 11. I think they're 11. Oh, they're supposed to be. She was saying it to play the young like, like Yeah, oh, like, like even, even the older even, girls. Even the older girls. like Yes, okay. the one-year older I girls. I didn't, I didn't get that reference. God. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is his film debut, according oh. to Wikipedia. God bless. God bless. Um, I have a synopsis. Yeah. So ever because this it's so funny because there are so many stars in this film. Then it's it's silly that stars. we're not talking about oh, like them. Stars. First. Like real stars. stars. Yeah. You, 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 wow. You, she put that in quotes. She put it in quotes, <laughs> listeners. Wow. Ed Sorry. O'Neill. Ed O'Neill's very upset. 
Uh, ever since childhood, nerdy Danny O'Shea, played by Rick Moranis. Love him. God bless. We have to have you such have a conversation. I love the. Li- <laughs> so I feel like when we did Mighty Ducks, I came to it like we have to talk about Emilio Estevez, and you came with the same energy, and I feel like I'm coming with the same energy. Oh my god, the, Rick, the big though. Rick, the Rick of it all, energy. though. Like Rick, like Rick, Rick is a fox. Like Rick, <laughs> my Not the energy I'm bringing, but, oh, I, but I, can, I can appreciate it. He, he's like a dorkier, um, what's the guy? What's that? Jeff Goldblum, you know? Like oh, plump, I can little, see that. Like plump little plump. lips. You like, like, you like that. The you olive like that. skin. You really like, like that. I love, I, you know? You know? He, he looks, he looks he, I mean, I, God, I hope I don't like get hate for this, but he looks like ethnically Jewish. And I feel like that's kind of, yes, that's kind of your type. That's your that's, type. That's my yes. thing. Yes. Jewish looking. I, I don't know if he's actually Jewish, but he looks Oh my God. His Jewish. name is Rick Moranis. Give it. Let's, let's, it's probably in there. I was like, it's, that's either going to be Jewish or Italian. Moranis. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think, Maybe I he's an he's, Italian Jew. I think his, Jew. Mom, I think his, I think somebody in his family is Jewish. Yeah. He was born in Ontario to a Jewish family. I bless. mean. God bless. <laughs> God bless the Rick Moranis energy. I'm sorry. I'll go back to the beginning of the synopsis. Ever since so childhood, <laughs> we had to stop at Rick because he's everything. We have so much to talk about. I know. I love for Rick. I know. I understand. <laughs> and you know what's fucked up is that I'm I'm really attracted to Ed O'Neill in this movie. Oh, <laughs> so also like, that. We'll get he's there. so hot in this movie. Ever since childhood, nerdy Danny O'Shea, Rick Moranis, has felt inferior to his brother Kevin, played by Ed O'Neill, a former college football star. Danny runs a gas station while Kevin coaches the local youth football team. When Kevin's team rejects Danny's daughter, fucking travesty, Becky, played by Shauna Waldron, iconic, because she's a girl, Becky convinces her dad to start a rival team, though the city can only support one to prove himself against his brother. Danny Which begins is a made coaching. Up rule that they like it is a made up rule. Up rule. Like, anyway. We need a movie. Um, Okay. <laughs> Super contrived. <laughs> Soup's contrived. Uh, to prove himself against his brother, Danny begins coaching his team of misfits. Jake! Shout out to Jake! Misfit number one! Jake, who actually looks like Rick Moranis now that he's grown up. Did you look at him? I know. I literally... Yes, I did. And literally, like, when you're watching the movie... I'm surprised that I would be in love with Jake. Um, No, I'm not surprised at all. I'm still (laughs) blowing out the mic, by the way. It's going to be like so loud. It's fine. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to like stop. Stop being so much. Sorry. Okay. So uh, just say that again. Sorry. To prove himself against his brother, Danny begins coaching his team of misfits for a playoff game. Contrived, a highly contrived playoff game. Um, yeah, and remember when we did the Mighty Ducks and I said that every kid's sports movie around this time has the same plot? It's just literally like It's literally the same plot. <laughs> the same plot, it's just like a different sport. And they throw in, you know, the the adult storyline, which is very delightful, like the brother rivalry, and we get a but little flashback to when the kids. Of but it's literally like the same. The star player like yeah. having a cr- like mom, the like ringer the mom, being on having like, a crush yeah. having the, the the mom of the star player having a love thing with That's right. the coach. Literally, Patty the Floyd. Same. Patty and Floyd. Little Giants came after Mighty Ducks, so it's derivative. It's totally derivative. It's totally deli- derivative. But I'm not mad because hey, hey, boo. Hey, Rick. Hey, Rick. Hey, Ed. 
Um, hey, yes. Junior Floyd. Um, and also, hey, Icebox. I see you. Hey, I Icebox. see you and I, I appreciate you. I love that this movie. So, I mean, the, the, the main leads, because they're, they were stars at the time, uh, are Ed O'Neill and, um, and Rick Moranis, are booze. But um, Rick Moranis' daughter, Becky, who's also called the Icebox, is an amazing football player, and uh, she's kind of a focus of the movie as well. It kind of like toggles between them and her preteen girl athlete angst, you know, because yeah. she's understandably in love with Junior Floyd. Pining, 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 really pining, pining. I related to this movie so hard when I was, well, when I was like that age, because it was very much. So, like, the icebox has her crush on Junior. She also has a cousin, Debbie, who is Ed O'Neill's daughter. Ed O'Neill's daughter. the alley of it all. (laughs) Exactly! No, that's exactly what it is. Except what's hilarious is that, like, so Becky's appeal is, like, she's athletic. I was not athletic. My cousin had that, too. (laughs) I I had that cousin who was, like... You were artsy. I was, I mean, I was, I don't know what I was at that time. I was just wearing Notre Dame hats and hiding in giant sweat, giant sweatshirts. Um, but yeah, Junior Floyd, like we've talked about this person before, but Devin Sawa as Junior Floyd is the closest physical representation to the coldest season. Yeah. <laughs> he really yeah. is. That scene in the supermarket. When she first sees him. He's throwing the toilet paper. Yeah, that takes me back. Takes me back to him throwing a football on the beach. Oh, oh, you actually have like a a one-to-one image there. Oh, yeah. 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 With the same hair. Same hair. (laughs) So Rick Moranis. Can we can we talk about Rick? We should talk about Rick. I wrote Um, in all caps, big question, where is Rick Moranis? Um, well, apparently he got mugged in New York City like two years ago. That's true. Actually, and actually was like injured. Oh no! I know, but they caught his. They caught the perp. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. Does he live but, in New York? Yeah, he lives maybe on the Upper West Side because it happened on the Upper West Side. Oh. What is he doing? Um, is he still well, involved in so entertainment? Sad, so so sad story. So his wife died from cancer like right around when um, Little Giants came out. And oh so my he god. Retreated, he retreated from public life to become a full-time dad. Oh. I know. My heart. I know. Oh. It only makes but me like, love him more. So like I actually was like a low-key big Rick Moranis fan growing up. Like I don't know that if you had asked me at the time like oh like Who's your who's one of your favorite actors? I'd be like Rick Moranis, but like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Like I watched those movies like re- on repeat. Like a we lot. all like, we all did. We Liam all Liam loved Spaceballs, so I had to watch Spaceballs. Yes, he was in Spaceballs. Often. He was in Ghostbusters. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horror. Little Shop. Watched that on Channel Eleven because it was on. He's an institution. Every weekend, Ghostbusters. You already mentioned it. The Flintstones. Like. He was just everywhere. He was everywhere. Like, was there a movie marketed to a ch- children's audience? Oh, yes. Rick Moranis was cast as a dad figure. Like, love him. Love him. Love <laughs> him. Um, and here again, he's like the meek, but not to be underestimated, 
amazing dad. You know? Yeah. It's like, all like, so precious. Look at those little cheeks. Look at those little lips. Look at that nose. Just wants me to eat his face. <laughs> Come on. You know the kind of faces I like. And it's yes, I do. His, I do. Every you part like, of his face is edible. You like Jewish like, looking It's faces. edible. It's edible. The whole face. I want to just eat it up. Mwah! On the on the flip side, I am like painfully attracted to Ed O'Neill in this movie. He's also a piece. He's making he's a he's piece. Making, he's making it make sense. Like it makes sense why you like him in this. He's like weirdly because at this point, obviously, he'd made a name for himself on Married with Children, playing Al Bundy. Um, yes. and then he like transforms into this virile, sexually potent former football star who chews gum in an iconic way throughout the entire film. Yeah. yeah. And he's a hot uncle. And even though he embarrasses himself by like going out a window, which is hilarious. um, He does. He's still hot. But then he's hot. He's holding ice next to his balls after. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find that part attractive? Well, I, I too saw the Ed O'Neill of it all, and I was like, oh, like oh, he's <laughs> doing. There's and then, like after that, after that scene, like he's just walking through, like wide leg, like drawing attention to his crotch. It's like very erotic. He's <laughs> also very zaddy in this film because he's he's a father. Um, his wife, by the way, uh, played by the iconic where is her name, Mary Ellen Trainer, who played Max and Isabel's mom on Roswell. She played lots of things. She played she so was a many mom things. In many she, places. Everything. She's also she has like two lines in the film Forrest Gump. She comes wow. in and drops off uh, Jenny's son at the end of the movie, and she's like, "I gotta go, Jen. I'm double parked." She pulls out her little uh, fake Southern accent, that. but anyway, I love her. She's she's a queen. Uh, but yeah, so she's the, uh, she's Ed O'Neill's wife in this film and she's, uh, a very outspoken feminist and she gives him shit throughout the entire film for not putting Becky, their, their, their niece on his football team. So she's amazing. But what's interesting, so Ed O'Neill is zaddy and he's in a, he's in a, um, no, she didn't. Yeah. Don't even say that to me. A long time ago. What? No. 2015. No. It does mention her turn in Forrest Gump here. What happened? She was 62. That is so young. Damn. Pancreatic cancer. Fucking pancreatic cancer. God damn it. That sucks. I love her so much. Oh, she's married to Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis? That's why Zemeckis. That's why she was in Forrest Gump because he directed that. Damn. Yeah. So I think what I love about Ed O'Neill is he's like this. I don't know. He's like this swaggering, like football former football star in the film. But then he goes home and he's the only man in a family with three other women, and they just like berate him all the time, he which I find hilarious. Though, you know? he, he does hold his own. He definitely he does. He's on that household. Of course he does. He's like, the only place for a woman is cheerleading up. They're going to be on the field. It's like, shut up. That's exactly but what he, he says. But he, but he kind of makes you want to play. He kind of make, makes you want to be a cheerleader. Like, <laughs> like, the thing I hate about his character is that, like, he's a chauvinist. Yes. But he's so hot 
you're that like, you're oh, like okay do i want to do i want to play to this, i mean like, even his very niece is convinced gender role yeah yeah i know he even gets her to bend i know exactly it's fucked up so that's fucked that's up. the power of junior floyd though she That's was like, power. if I don't become a cheerleader, he's not going to see but me. But you already told her she was different. He liked she was different. I, God, I'm, I'm like all over the place because I, oh, I love this movie so much. But that, that scene is so iconic when they're by the lake. And she's coming on strong. She's coming she's on like- strong. And it's so <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> the secondhand embarrassment is so strong. So strong. In that scene. She's like, don't you think it would be good to learn with a real close friend? I mean, for scientific purposes. <laughs> Had a kiss. But you're not. You're different. You're cool. You're the icebox. I mean, you're the yeah. only girl I met that could beat up my dad. I know. Oh. Like, kill, me. kill me, please. Kill me. Please. She's like, I'm going to drown myself in this lake. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> By the way. I'll spend some more time on Ed. Everybody knows my love for Rick. Um, so Ed is interesting because like I this isn't this isn't a movie I watched a ton when we were kids like I've seen it only a few times and mostly in adulthood Mm -hmm. and so I don't have like that frame of reference for him so my only frame of reference from him for him growing up was Married with Children where I was literally disgusted like disgusted yeah by his character. Like, I yes. was just like, how is this on television? I was just like, how is this normatively, like, what is on television every Sunday? Like, mm-hmm. this is gross. And, like, the thing is, like, it was meant to, like, brainwash us, like, into accepting white male mediocrity as, Ooh. like, it was, like, total brainwashing. Like, it's so gross. And, like, I was very aware of it. And I was like, oh, it's so nasty. Um, Fast forward to 2010, when I start watching Modern Family. (laughs) And I have not seen Ed O'Neill since I was a child. And in this, he plays, like, close to retirement age, in a second marriage, like, starting a family all over again. He has adult children, and then he's starting to raise new children. For those of you who have not seen the Modern Family premise, go check it out. It's amazing. It's fun. Fun times. But anywho, I was, like, attracted to him again. He's not dissimilar from his Al Bundy of it all. I mean, he's, like, accomplished in this modern family. Like, he's personally accomplished, but he still, like, has chauvinistic, like, tendencies. But it's just, like, plays as, like, sexier. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it's just because I'm older. I don't know. But, like, I was starting to see it, and I was like, oh, Ed. Um, And now here we are, where when I watched Little Giants, I was like, oh, Ed, hello. Oh, Ed. He really does it for me. His, at his car dealership with his uh, his polo shirts, just looking hot. He's also because he's like paired but would with. Would you Rick. really date? And would you really date a Kevin O'Shea in real life? No, no. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. I'm sorry. No, the. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. You would date, but you wouldn't end up with necessarily, I right? No, I'm kind of basic. Really? Yeah. Even even with his views on like women shouldn't play football. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Like, I, wow. We would we would fight a lot, but then maybe we'd have like hot makeup. Sex. I mean, you would. That's 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 the appeal. Stop. That's the appeal. Shall we move on to the icebox? Yeah, I don't have much to say about her. She's not like wow. a gem of the film for me. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean. 
I love her like on principle because I feel like we didn't really we weren't really getting that character anywhere else at that time. Oh, I know why I don't like her. Oh, God, the bangs. I don't like her because she reminds me of someone we went to middle (gasps) high school with. Can you and high school? Can you? Oh, and you don't like her. No. See, I feel like had, there's we, there's we, very we, few we, people that we you had like we had, we had like a friend of me situation. I first of all, I inherited. Oh. Can you inherited, can you chat it? Can you may could you enter the name in the chat, please? Yeah, I I inherited. You can say just it like, out loud. I can bleep it, but I inherited disliking this person because like Heather didn't like her from oh. elementary. I and have. So as as her, I knew it was gonna be her. Like, and then like as like. Heather's oh, best friend. Her. It was like, oh well, I can't like her. And then just seeing her be catty because she was such like a she was, such she was a, very she was catty. Just, she, she was, was very catty. catty. She's like, she's like, she's always like, oh, she's like, oh, I hate her. And so, but she wasn't. I feel like she wasn't genuinely catty. She was playing. She was like performing yes, catty for like, like clout yes, or something. Yes, yes. She was, it was like so performing all the time. It was like yes, you're like fake mean. Yes, it's annoying. Please stop. Ugh. It was like, very weird, and she did that especially when she was interacting with me and my friends, like in middle school. It was almost as though she expected that we acted like that, and she was trying yeah. to like match yeah. us. And I was just like, "Yeah, most of us aren't like that, bro." Like, and that's why it was like a friendly about? situation because I would have these interactions with her. Where I was like, "Oh, like I enjoy talking to you," mm-hmm. but then there was like Jekyll and Hyde. There'd be some other day where she'd come in, and she'd be back to like, ah! and I'd be like. I literally can't. Who are you? You have two personalities. Leave me alone. It's like she just like woke up one day or like and was just like, I want to make sure like everyone hates me. I'm going to play a character. Yeah, it's but it was literally really weird. a villain for no, but like a villain based on nothing. Like, did I ever share with you? I don't know if I ever shared with share this with you, but it's pretty bonkers. I have a story about her. Are you going to tell it to the pod? I'm going to tell it to the pod. We should, in our early days, we were putting everybody on blast. We shouldn't shy away from it. We should just keep doing it. It was fun. I know. As a matter of fact, like, Logan, that's what made her want to be on the pod. She was like, oh, my God. Of course. We have, like, five listeners who are listening for this tea. I know. Who wants to go back and spill all the tea. Who actually, like, give a shit. Like, no one's going (laughs) to. Logan is, like, wrapped for a while. We owe it to the listeners to tell the stories. Oh, my God. So... I believe it was her sweet 16. I was invited. I was invited. I went. Oh, wow. You were, oh, wow. You were close enough with this girl to get invited to her sweet 16. I was not close. Let me, let me, let me. So I've told you this. This is like a weird phenomenon in my life. Phenomenon. I was, this is a weird phenomenon in my life where certain people think that we're closer than we, like way closer than we are. Like um, me on the school bus in middle school. No, definitely not like you. No, 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 no. I was like, Kate was my best friend, but she doesn't know. And she said hi to me on the school bus. Okay, keep going. That's because you're clairvoyant and you were you were sensing like Am a few, year, a few a years into the future. Did you make it all happen? Did I make That's it gonna all happen? That's going to be like the big reveal when we turn 40. You're going to be like, this was all... This was all all, planned. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up Magazine. magazine. (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, this is a phenomenon in my life where people think we're closer than we are. Like I was the first time I was a bridesmaid. It was somebody that I went to grad school with who I haven't spoken to in like 10 years, son. Like we were not that close, but I did meet a guy and we hooked up at that wedding. So I'm not mad. Anyway, I remember that hot story. He was real hot. I looked him up recently, like on a whim. Oh my he god, go- I totally yeah, he forgot about me, that though. guy. He was a dick. He goes. He was weird. Well, I just remember like the, like a vest. Like he was. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was potent. I love how it was like, very potent. we are so close that like things I wasn't even there for, I can still. You see. have my. Like, I'm like I remember. That's what, what I was mean. Yeah, your memories are mine because I also think I'm like, like I wasn't there, stars. but I remember what he was wearing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was no, hot. he he wore he wore a vest and it was really hot. Um, he also had um, a tattoo sleeve. Yeah, he I was on that the, too. Mm-hmm, he was on the I didn't shorter go, I, side. I, I didn't want to keep going. I didn't want to get creepy. No, I can still appreciate it. I can still, no, oh, no, it's not creepy at all. Like, I remember weird shit from, from your life, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, wow, went down this path. This is not where we're going. Where I started was, okay, so this person that you were just saying you hated, that the ice yeah. box reminds you of, which I yeah. can see it, like, in the mouth. I can see yeah. it. Somewhat in the eyes. Um, yeah, it's, it's not one to one. It's it's it's, it's yeah. an essence. It's it is an essence. So she invited me, also my boyfriend um, at the time, also Lauren uh, to her sweet sixteen, and then the plan was after her sweet sixteen, Lauren and I were going back to her house for a sleepover. And I don't know. So this is a crazy thing that happened to me and Lauren. Is this ringing any bells so far? I remember. I don't remember you guys going to her house for a sleepover. Okay. I think this is just something really. But but were you the only two people that were invited to her house for a sleepover? I don't know if we were the only two people invited, but we were the only two people there. But truly, like, when I tell you this is a crazy, like, borderline traumatic thing that happened to Lauren and I. That I don't, that I think we just like kept it close to, I don't know. We didn't even like say to each other, like, let's not tell anybody this. But I think, I think it was just an unspoken, like, (laughs) you know, like, like, only God and you and I know about this. (laughs) So, so, um, it's probably not going where you think it's going. But anyway, we went to her house and you walk in and... It's really unkempt. Yeah. Like. That doesn't surprise me. Like borderline hoarder situation. Like it doesn't surprise you. Really? Uh In hindsight, it's it's really sad like to think about. But um, but at the time it was just like shocking. You know what I mean? Because I'd never been in a house like that. The floor was like covered in sand. There was just sand like all over the house. And I think and Lauren, it was one of those things where like Lauren and I both walked in. We couldn't say anything, but we just silently looked at each other like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, this is such a bad idea. Um, We did stay. We stayed the night, did not get a wink of sleep. Either of us. Oh, my God. You stayed over. We didn't get a wink. Ah, mom and dad, you got to come get me. (laughs) No, we, we did not sleep at all. 
And I remember we were both in the living room, like there were two couches or something, I think that we were sleeping on. And I think, I think she, your friend of me, like said goodnight to us, like maybe turn the light out, whatever, left the room. And it was just me and Lauren. And we just kind of looked at each other. And we both, our eyes both fell on. There was like a half eaten, completely stale, petrified bagel on the floor, no, like amongst no, the amongst no. the sand. And we both... No. And it was like this horrified laughter, like kind of, it was just, it was really traumatic. And um, yeah, I guess I don't think it was one of those things that like, I think Lauren and I have, whenever that person's name comes up, which is rare, like, I think we both always say like, oh, the half eaten bagel. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what we always think about um but i don't think either of us ever it is just to grow up where you don't right have a space in your home that's like clean right your house isn't cared for like that's really sad and like what was going on that that was happening you know like mental health wise in her family yeah Yeah, like so the icebox reminds you of her that's really interesting yeah so it's it's like very obvious it's like brunette tomboyish like, they really do have similar faces, yeah, like, now that I think yeah. about it. And they're both a little freckly, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, I only have, so I only have negative associations. I'm like, ice packs. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, any highlights amongst the children in Little Giants? <sighs> we talked about my love for Jake. Um, yes. Um, that's a highlight. I love his mom um, too. That little monologue she has I about know. like the well, pregnancy. Well, also her haircut. Her yeah. haircut is giving early nineties bowl cut. Real single white like female. Every, like single white female. Everybody, like every white woman had that haircut. Everyone had that haircut. It's true. <laughs> Especially every like white blonde woman. I feel yeah, like that was and you, a very. And you can actually yeah. track like people. Like there's a haircut in every generation that like traps you in time. Like you get stuck there. And you don't, and then and then you keep it way beyond the point where it's trendy, and then everyone knows when you came of age because you still have that because haircut. you have that haircut. and like every woman who today has the haircut, like came up in the early nineties, you know, yeah, professional career woman, exactly, rocking her like shoulder pads, watching her like sneakers and socks, walking to the train station, looking <laughs> fly, you know. I mean, you know, like every like every kid sports movie of this time, there's a lot of like fat kid jokes you know because they have zoltek um in the sandlot you had ham in the mighty ducks you have goldberg and zoltek's parents run a house of sausage (laughs) could we not like could we not be like that on the nose with these fat jokes um um hot hands is my fave he's so fucking adorable and I wrote in my notes, I love that he has the voice of a 70-year-old man with bronchitis. <laughs> he kind of does, though. He has the, like, really rat, like, just... It's very, um... I don't know. What's the word? It's, like, a little asthmatic. I don't know. But he's so adorable. They're all pretty great. I, I like them all. And what I like about this, as opposed to the Mighty Ducks, is that they all actually grow. You know, and they like they f- they find their strengths. Yeah. 
the kid who can kick really hard. Love that kid. Oh, Spike, obviously. Like, Spike is iconic. He's an 11-year-old with a gold tooth. Any final thoughts? Any? Little giants. Are we doing Casper the next time? Or maybe we're doing Now and Then the next time. I think it's Now and Then. Okay. I haven't watched that. I don't know. I'd have to double check. Sorry. It's okay. Well, stay tuned, listeners, for the second installment of our Devin Sour trilogy. Second installment? I think that's where I'm going to end the episode. Actually, I'm going to watch Dahmer for an hour. No, you're not. You're going to watch it? I can't watch it too late. So if I watch it for an hour and then I have another hour of a palate cleanser, I can still fall asleep. Yes. Bye, listeners. Bye, listeners. We love you. We'll see you next week.